You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode 14 of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast for chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind in the whole wide world. I'm Hillary Jastrom and I am pumped to be your host today. Our guest for the show is a great friend of mine and an extreme high producer in the real estate industry with Canon Property Group at Your Castle Real Estate. He's also a blogger at OldSchoolHustle.com. But Rodolfo Cannon isn't sharing his business tips today. No, he is going to tell you all about a life-changing, game-changing discovery he made when he wasn't feeling so on top of the world. Please welcome Rodolfo Cannon. Rodolfo, I am so happy to talk to you today. Um, I know that we scheduled this before, but I think this is this is the lucky day. So thank you for being on the Sick Biz Buzz. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's wonderful to talk to you as always. <laughs> I know we talk to each other a lot, don't we? Yeah, and it's always something good coming out of you when, when the world's falling apart. So it's fantastic. Oh, or it's me suggesting that I'll just come over and kick somebody's ass. But whatever, that's good. It could be a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the reason that you're on the show today, and I thought this the instant that you introduced this topic, like I was riveted. I was riveted because this seems to be the year of looking at the flip side. So we see... For example, people with ADD, we're talking about hyper-focus in these folks. And I, and I think it's really fascinating that um, we're starting to learn that if you have ADD, for example, that it's not one million percent bad, there are actually some silver linings to it. So when you brought up the topic of obsession, um, I just thought it was fascinating so this is this is the topic for today's show. It sounds like a lifetime movie obsession. Um, but it's it's not obsession like I'm lurking outside your house with a um, you know a long lensed camera, or am I? No. This is the <laughs> this is the power of self obsession. It's a brand new phrase we're coining today, self obsession, which can translate into a negative or positive force. So tell us your story. Well, that's, we need a lot more than 35, 40 minutes for that. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> to, to condense things, um, you know, currently I'll start now. I'm a um, real estate agent, commercial broker, investor, and developer in Denver. Um, I, um, I have uh, a number of uh, multifamily projects under construction and completion at any time during the year. I uh, do half a dozen or so commercial deals every year and, and then um, invest in my development projects as well as brokering, I don't know, 15 or 20 uh, regular residential sales a year. Um, and I do it uh, alone. Uh, no assistant, no help, no nothing. And that's a whole different topic for another day about my control freak issues. Um, but um, that's where I am now. Um, and where I was as little as five and a half years ago was much different. So I was a 
you know, I've been in the business 11 and a half years, um, straight out of school, uh, straight out of two failed attempts at uh, higher education college, uh, right into the real estate business. Um, worked like a dog for 11 and a half years, but the first uh, five and a half or six years or so was um, kind of a haze. You know, it was a lot of mixed emotions, self-doubt, anger, drunkenness, um, ridiculous behavior, um, and a total lack of uh, lack of focus and lack of direction. Uh, and today, that's completely different. Um, I'm very focused. I know exactly what I want to do and where I want to go today. I don't know anything about tomorrow, but I know what I'm doing today. And, um, and that's what I'm here to talk about is just the um, term that uh, I've become familiar with over the past uh, decade or so, which is the obsession of the mind. So let's define that, the, the obsession of the mind, because there's a big difference between obsession and focus. And that is what flipped for you. And when I add on the point that when we first started talking about that, you were bringing up the healing components of the mind. And what we focus on is that many, many things are in our control. Now, when we talk about this, I want to issue a little disclaimer. So the mindset is in incredibly powerful. Now, I am a person who happens to believe in the total healing components of the mindset. That said, there is in no way, shape, or form any invalidating of any physical condition or symptoms or things of that nature, any suffering that somebody is feeling. Today, we're talking about the, uh, the power of the mindset as it pertains to, I don't know, I guess the word we'll use is empowering you versus driving you into the ground and stealing all your energy and things of that nature. So personally, I feel that uh, untapped potential of the mind can heal anything, including my physical disease and any physical disease. But that being the case, that's my belief. You don't have to share that belief. And in no way, shape or form does it mean that nobody believes you or, or nobody thinks you aren't doing enough to get better. So just wanted to get that out of the way so that nobody was feeling like they weren't validated. I think this is super important to do. There are things in the mindset we also have not even tapped into. There are there are properties in the mind we haven't tapped into. So for for this perspective, let's talk about what it looked like when you were obsessed versus when you were focused, when you are focused. Well, um yeah, and, no, and first of all, I agree with everything you just said. The um, the mind is um, what what we know, and it's possible it's impossible to really know. But scientists or you know a bunch of smart people out there with advanced degrees say that we we know about one percent of what the mind is actually capable of. Um, right now, something like that. Uh, you can fact check me on that one. I have no idea what the actual number is, but basically, <laughs> we know we know very little about what the mind is actually capable of. And I am proof of that on a daily basis. Um, and, uh, and this doesn't, um, you know, take this as you will, you know, if you want to apply it to your physical disability, um, a mental disability, an emotional state, whatever it is, um, you know, it, I think it applies across the board. 
Um, so, um, and, and now that I've started talking, I forgot your question. Can you asked me that one again? <laughs> it's all good. You know what? It had to do with focus. So ah, that's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, focus. I do that. Oh my God. All right. No, it's uh, good. It, it, you know, I tell you what, speaking of focus, like I seriously walk into the kitchen and I walk out with something I never went in there for. And then I'll come back and go, oh my God, I want a, a bottle of water. So don't feel bad. We're all in this together. I, hey, I inefficiently walk across my house 30 times a day. Um, but <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the difference between focus and obsession, I think, is um, uh, uh, internal perspective versus um, uh, a, a broader perspective, you know, so very narrow versus seeing the big picture almost. Um, you know, uh, I've been through uh, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, three times. Um, in that, they teach you about the obsession of the mind and that alcoholism is an obsession of the mind. And you need to get out of your head in order to see that. And it's absolutely true because you just don't know uh, how selfish you are and how um, you know self-centered you're being and how you're affecting everybody else around you, and how you're basically eating away your own life from the inside out. You know, unless you step out of that. And the way they say to do that is to do things for other people. Um, and so. Uh, Basically, they're saying instead of having this, you know, letting alcohol be the obsession of the mind, get out of your head and let your focus, as opposed to obsession, be to help somebody else. And um, I don't subscribe to, you know, the principles of uh, AA really beyond that. I mean, to me, it was a bunch of whiny babies in a room complaining about how bad their day was, um, you know, and how tough it had been for them. But um, you know, I think that that was a valuable lesson, and that just applies to me, you know, in every aspect of my of my life. So, I went to college uh, after being a, a you know award winning student, boarding student in high school, uh, boarding school in Tennessee, and realized that nobody in college was keeping an eye on me and making sure I was doing what I was supposed to do. So I just partied my way right out of school, and after school, I continued my partying ways even when I was. Got, got into real estate. It was a weekend party habit. You know, so Friday hit, I'd drink my face off until, you know, Sunday night, you know, and then Monday I'd get up with a hangover, probably a three day hangover, and work and do it all over again. And I repeated that cycle for, you know, for six years after college. And um, one day I just decided that uh, that wasn't how I wanted to live anymore. So I quit drinking. And I changed um, this obsession. I, I made it a focus to uh, to do something for somebody else all the time. And in doing that, I realized just how selfish I was being uh, constantly. And these, this obsession that they called it the obsession of the mind, I called it a total lack of direction, focus, inability to admit to myself that I wasn't supposed to be in college um, ever, uh, that kind of thing. That's what drove me to just continue partying. But honestly, it was the easiest thing I've ever done. Let go of that. As soon as I felt, or as soon as I knew what it felt like to get outside of that obsession and start helping other people, so I started focusing on what can I do for my family today? Uh, what can I do to be a better service to my clients today? Um, you know that kind of stuff. And and 
it immediately changed my perspective on everything in my life. It was radical turnaround. Uh, and now I've, you know, you could call me obsessed. Um, you could call me crazy. You could call me focused, uh, driven, whatever it is. Um, but everything I do now and something Hillary that I've told you a number of times, you know, 98% of what I do now is not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I do it to give back to the people who stuck by me. I give it you know, back to my clients. I give it, um, you know, to my friends, uh, you know, the people that are close to me that, um, you know, that have supported me and seen me succeed. Uh, everything I do is for them. And I really, like I say, I've got my two dogs, got my truck and my motorcycle. I'm good. You know, everything else is for, for everybody else now. That's how I live. So you're asking yourself different questions when you are obsessed and obsessed in a way that is not healthy. Are you asking yourself any questions or you don't even have the self-awareness to say I'm being obsessed? And if you do have the self-awareness, are there questions that people who who don't feel good about the cycle that they're in or who know to some degree there's something wrong? Are there questions or are there different things that people can do to say, oh, my goodness, this isn't healthy? Well, I'm the least qualified person in the world to ask about process um, because I lack process in everything that I do. I just wake up and do. Uh, So, but yes, to answer your question, absolutely there are questions. Um, You know, every day I wake up in the morning and I say, uh, number one, thank you. Uh, Very grateful, thankful all the time for being here, being alive. You see all this negative mess all over social media all the time and you're really wondering what people are the hell do you have to complain about? So number one is thank you. And number two is uh, taking a fearless uh, moral inventory. So you got to look at yourself in the mirror and you got to get real. And, um, and that hurts. You know, it's not a whole lot of fun, but you got to get real with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, who am I really? Mm-hmm. And, um, and if I'm not happy with that, what the hell am I going to do to change it? And, um, and those two questions, I mean, you can make a list of, you know, who are you? Mm-hmm. you know, make a list, you know, jot, jot it all down and then put in there what you should be, you know, or what you feel you need to be. Um, you know, the, the mind is tricky. You know, it'll sit there and tell you that everything's fine when it's not. So you got to really uh, work on that, um, you know, and getting past, uh, your, your head opens up a lot of doors, you know, physically, uh, emotionally and work, um, whatever it is, you know, I mean, Hillary, you're an excellent example. You know, you, you have every excuse in the book to not be productive, but you're freaking prolific. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The level of productivity that you have, uh, every single day. And it's just a question of waking up in the morning and making a decision to be the best you possibly can for the people who are, um, who are important to you. And so that's the question you ask, you know, who am I? Am I okay with that? If not, what, what's step number one to changing it? I think one of the biggest problems with obsession is you look out uh, at everybody else doing better, uh, or you look out 10 years down the road and you don't see a future. Um, and that's intimidating and it, it'll clog you up. 
you know, you can sit there and worry all the time and never go anywhere when really all you need to think about is today. Step one, what am I going to do? Uh, and that makes a massive difference. And taking that action. And first of all, thank you so much. Um, you know, my illness saved my life. I, I'm so much more healed mentally and emotionally than I ever have been. And I'm much stronger in terms of what I will allow and what I will not allow. But the bigger picture is every day I wake up and do, but why do I do? Because first of all, and, and you and I both know this, the people who are in service first to other people are the happiest people. There, you, you cannot help feeling happy when you are continuing to give, when you're seeing the miracles of your giving, when you're seeing other people open up into their own empowerment and that ripple effect just keeps going. I have a choice every day, just like anybody else, just like you do, just like Robert, our producer, who is on the sly listening. We can wake up and say, I'm going to be entrenched in it could be physical agony. It could be mental agony. It could be hating yourself. It could be imposter sim uh, syndrome. It could be self-doubt. It could be, you know, second-guessing what you do. It could be the self-talk you give yourself if you don't perform to your expectations. Um, we all have a choice and a healthy mindset absolutely starts with that choice. Do I want to wake up every day and lay in my bed and have zero distraction for my body? That is going to magnify that obsession and ask yourself this question. Am I magnifying my own pain and my own suffering? You are going to suffer anyways. What you focus on expands, right? We've all heard that one. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does. It turns from I have a tummy ache to now I'm nauseous to now I'm vomiting to now I'm bedridden to now I'm instead, if you are functional. And again, you know, the disclaimer is we're not saying that there aren't some huge physical discomforts that come along with being chronically ill, going through treatment being a disabled entrepreneur there absolutely are but you have to focus on what you want to expand as rodolfo says it's really important and when you do you learn that you are incredibly powerful so i think it's i think it's really important if you're struggling right now ask the question and tell us that question again uh, it's who am I today and am I happy with that? Mm -hmm. Who uh, am I today? And am I happy with that? And if not, what is one thing, forget making a list of a hundred things that you can do to change it. What's the one thing you're going to do today? Just yeah. one, you know, to and change. I, I love that idea from, from two perspectives. One, because you know that you're making that decision. You're not going to sit there and filter through a list of 20 things that you can do. This is one thing. When I went and saw a personal trainer, they said, you know, I want you to focus on one thing. I want you to focus on getting your ass to the gym. That's all you have to focus on. So because when you add another thing, 
that you need to do. Your chances of success of succeeding at the new habit are far more diminished. I mean, you lose like, I don't even know, 70% of a chance that you can actually succeed when you add another thing on top of it. So the one thing is super, super important. One thing is doable. It is not intimidating. And then the other thing is that don't overthink it. When you ask yourself that question, what is the very first thought that pops up into your mind? Because that's your answer. That's well, your honesty. And another little tip is make it easy and make it attainable and do it first thing in the damn morning. So, um, you know, the uh, some United States Army general wrote a book about making your bed in the morning. Um, I haven't read it, honestly, but the, from what I gather, the, the whole point of it is you need a small victory first thing in the morning. And if you can get that small victory first thing in the morning, then you can really face the rest of the day with uh, more ease and grace and fluidity and momentum. Um, and so, you know, if you're going to do something, pick something first thing in the morning. If it's take a shower and brush your hair, if you're a lady, putting on makeup, whatever, do that. You know, maybe that's something that, that's an issue for some people out there listening. You know, but if, if it's as easy or not as easy, if it's as simple or basic as that, I don't want to call it easy because it might not be for some of you. But um, but if that's the small goal right off the bat, first thing in the morning, do that. You know, whatever it is, if it's 10 pushups, crank them out, you know, but get that victory first thing in the morning. And then the rest of the day goes better, you know, and, and to touch on something else that, that you said, Hillary, is, you know, you get by doing something that makes you feel good or getting outside of your head and doing something for somebody else, you have those endorphins that rush, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you, your mind has the ability to, I don't want to say completely heal your body, even though you might subscribe to that. That might be the case. I want to say that it's going to help, you know, it's going to make it easier. So if you get happy, you know, if you get proud of yourself, if you reach out and touch somebody else's life, um, you get those endorphins, and you don't yeah. hurt, and you don't hurt as much. You know, I have three bulging discs and one degenerative disc in my lower back, L2, 3, 4, and 5, and it hurts all the time. Since mm. I was 17, it has hurt all the time, uh, but if I'm in the gym and I'm working out, it hurts less, and if I'm in the gym and working out, I feel better. So I don't think that it's just purely a, hey, I'm stronger, therefore it doesn't hurt. It's just as much that as it is, I feel good about what I just did. Mm -hmm. Aside from the physical aspect of it, you know, like something emotionally inside of me changed and made it feel better so I don't notice the pain. And that allows me to just keep on moving forward and go about the rest of my day and then the next day improve on my workout, whatever it was. So that... Uh, the action of something that's in your head, you know, taking care of something that's in your head, writing a thank you note to somebody close to you, whatever it is, that'll give you a good feeling. And then you take that good feeling and then you take step two, you know, whatever it is, you know, maybe make it slightly more difficult than the first step. Um, but, um, you know, your, your brain controls a whole lot of stuff in your, uh, in your life. And if you can just get outside of your own head for a hot minute, promise you see results. I love the idea of writing that thank you note. So 
everybody makes decisions in different ways. And I tell the story a lot about my son who has severe ADHD. I could not say, Colton, go clean your room. I had to say, because he would go in there and he would look at everything. He would look at the old pizza box. He would look at the clothes at the floor. He would look at the papers, you know, from his backpack and have no idea where to start. If you find yourself still, you have no idea where to start. This is perfect. Write a thank you note. Good one. Start somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Start somewhere. If that's not your cup of tea, the other thing that resonated with me is, um, and I've read about this a lot, and I know when you're chronically ill or when you're disabled and you have a lot of displaced energy, it's why we get tired when we're walking because our gait's totally off and different muscles are being used and it's exhausting. But you can alter your sleep schedule. You can either... Well, first of all, when I get up at 5 a.m. and I get up with my husband, um, I get so much more done. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't take a nap at 11 a.m. for an hour or half an hour or whatever because my sleep schedule has been altered. But it makes me feel like I welcomed the day. I decided to get up and seize that day and mindfully did it. And I started my day with my husband and coffee and it felt really good. And it can be that simple of saying, you know, I wanted to wake up early. I wanted to shift things around and to hear all about this new productivity hack of getting up at 5 a.m. And by the time the rest of the world is at their desk, you have got four hours of productivity up on them. So yep. this this could be another thing that works for you. And I know you're an early riser. I think I read something ridiculous. So did you do you get up at three thirty in the morning? Uh, yeah, I'm up at three thirty to go to the gym. My phone starts ringing at about six thirty. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I get up at three thirty. I get a I have a process before I go to the gym. So I don't just wake up and stumble into the gym. I wake up, hydrate. Uh, do my pre-workout routine, which involves a couple of supplements and just drinking a ton of water. So I'll pound, you know, 25, 30 ounces of water uh, within the first 10 minutes of getting up. Uh, take my pre-workout stuff, which is basically a shot of caffeine and adrenaline. Um, and then I'm in the gym at 4.30. You know, so that process between that and putting my shoes on, um, which, believe it or not, is difficult. I can't bend over that early in the morning, my back hurts so much that I just can't do it. So it takes a minute to get moving, get the shoes on. Then I'm in the gym at 4.30, um, out of the gym at 5.30. I get home and run the dogs, um, which is a critical part of my day. They are unhappy if they don't get a lot of good exercise. So we do that, shower and out the door at 6.30. And typically I'm on the phone in the truck on my way to the office at 6.30 in the morning. So it's used that time. I don't wake up at 3.30 and fart around. <laughs> the first thing when you talked about that and drinking all that water was like, I think I have to pee right now. Here in Well, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, watch out. Um, yeah, I have a buddy named Tim Hoover. Um, and Hillary, I'm sure you know him. I know him. Hi, Tim. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's uh, a great 
fitness mind. Um, you know, and he's also very in tune with um, a lot more that goes along with your day other than just, you know, what number of push-ups did you get? Um, you know, and so he talks a lot about, you know, before you get in the gym, get your mind right, you know, and make sure that you're ready. And that means drinking a lot of water. Uh, you know, if you need to stretch, do that, you know, get your focus where it needs to be before you walk in there to make the best of it. So, but yeah, that's a long way of answering your question. I get up at 3.30 morning. <laughs> and you get between five and six hours of sleep a night. Now, some people can't do that. So we're sharing what works. And, you know, just because it sounds like something might not work for you, there are different ways to manage. One of the things about working as an entrepreneur in our special community is respecting the way in which you work best. So I can't get up every day at 5.30 and I can't do that, you know, on an ongoing basis because eventually a lack of sleep is going to catch up with me and then I'm just going to get walloped and I'm going to have a flare and I'm going to get sick. So nobody is recommending that you do that, but maybe you get up early one day a week. Maybe you then integrate a nap. Maybe you're a person who's a night owl. And so you work best at night when everybody else is in bed. Whatever it is, you have to honor what works for you, honor what works for your body. And as long as you're getting the work done, nobody's there as an entrepreneur micromanaging you and saying, well, you know what? You need to do it this way. Nobody's there. And if they did, you'd be like, and you need to fuck off. So it's. (laughs) (laughs) And small adjustments help too, Hillary. So yeah. uh, you know, if you want to get up earlier, don't get up two hours earlier. There you know, that's you. quitting smoking cold turkey or something. You know, it's just tough. Um, you know, it's hard on you. And if you are sick uh, or disabled or have something that, you know, requires more rest, then you need to ease into um, a change in schedule. And uh, the best way to do that is to wake up 10 minutes earlier. Every there day. There you go. That's Not tomorrow. Do it every day but make it a small change so it's not as painful and then next week make it a half an hour earlier every day but you got to get used to it and you got to get in a routine and if you you know if you need to take it an hour long nap at 1 p.m every day and you're a night owl and you want to work late you know do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely it, and this applies that is a great way to wade into these changes it applies to so many things if you can't do an hour of yoga Maybe you can do 10 minutes. You know, I found out that I can't do even 10 minutes of yoga, but whatever. The point is (laughs) you can start drinking maybe eight more ounces of water a day. You can get up 10 minutes earlier every single day and slowly acclimate your body. When you are an entrepreneur in our very special community, we don't do big changes well. And if you're making a change and you're finding out, you know what, this is really difficult for me, then use your self-care, take a step back. And it's not falling off the wagon. It's saying, I can't do it today. I can't do it today. And that's okay. That's not a defeatist attitude. That is a real attitude every day. As long as you're doing your absolute best, you're okay. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the, the big changes, even for me, I'm, I'm not considered sick, um, but making a big drastic change 
is taxing, mm -hmm. you know, and it'll wear me the hell out, you know, if I do that, um, you know, right off the bat. And when I was younger, it was easier. But the older I get, the harder these big, fat, huge, life-changing modifications take a bigger toll, you know. So, um, you know, even, even us, quote-unquote, healthy people, um, believe me, there's plenty fucked up with my... No, and it, it, <laughs> it includes the mind. It really includes the mind because we talk about addiction and we talk about uh, mental health illnesses that people have. This is, well, it's an all-inclusive podcast and brand. So it's <laughs> it includes the mind because there are levels of suffering with these afflictions that are very challenging for entrepreneurs. And I think it's really important to be completely inclusive for this community and say, if you have a mental health illness, if you have an addiction, you know, it is very hard to continue to keep going, to continue to succeed when your mind is against you. So in addition to the mindset, I'm a huge, huge proponent of taking whatever you need to take and working with a doctor too. And there's no shame in the game, my friend. No, no shame. I take Prozac and I will be like the Prozac poster girl if you need me to be because <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care who knows it takes the edge off and, and it works for me, you know? And so these are tools that as long as they're not hurting you, don't be don't be ashamed of that. We're all human. We're all struggling with being human. Um, so we're just about wrapping up now, but we have one bonus question for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. What is the one thing people don't know about you? Oh my God. <laughs> so uh so I'm a, I'm an introvert and people know that, um, you know, that's painfully obvious. Um, I avoid large groups at all costs. Um, my girlfriend recently forced me to go to the company Christmas party, which was abject torture. Um, but most people, uh, aside from the ones very close to me, uh, think that I am this, um, mean, intense, anti-social hater of people and uh and that's not at all the case you know being a total complete introvert means that i'm much better one-on-one -on -one and that i get very tired and very distracted very easily with small talk so um i love being around people uh, i love small group gatherings one-on-ones even better um, i love having real conversations like this uh, and I absolutely hate mindless bullshit that goes with a group of 75 folks packed into a bar screaming over each other. <laughs> so one of the things I think that people don't know about me is that I'm actually, you know, a much more of a lover than I am a, uh, a hater and a meanie. Oh, I would, I would just, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine thinking that about you. You know, my daughter is a little bit introverted and I think we joke about like resting bitch face, which of course she doesn't have because she's not a bitch, but maybe it's, maybe it's resting introvert face, you know, it like <laughs> it is, it is, you know, I, I, it's a popular misconception with me that, you know, everybody thinks I'm, I mean, I am 
you know me, I'm one intense dude. Um, but, uh, but that's all, like we talked about before, it's all focused, all that energy is focused in the right place. Um, you know, and I'm intense because I have a massive goal and that massive goal is something that's going to go directly to, you know, my family or whatever, you know, somebody really close to me. And so, um, you know, quick story. When I was in college, I, um, I shaved my head. Uh, I would still do it today if the women in my life wouldn't slap me, but I loved having a shaved head and, um, you know, and I'm not the guy that you see outside of a classroom talking to every single person that walks in. So uh, I shaved my head completely bald and I was standing outside of a classroom waiting on the class before us to get out so I could go in. And I was leaning against a wall, arms crossed over my chest and, you know, just standing there. I wasn't upset, uh, unhappy, nothing. And a girl uh, walking down the hall stared at me the whole way she was, the whole time she was walking down the hallway. She passed me, got to the end of the hallway, turned around, came back, looked me right in the face and said, you're mean. Oh, I, those are the people that I want to hit with my cane. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, and that's, but that's, that's the outside world's perception of me. And you know what? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't, it's not real. Yeah. But you know, the, the people who come up to me and, you know, want me to give them the silver bullet to life and that kind of stuff. I, you know, I'm dismissive of them. Um, but, uh, you know, I had one guy call me last week, a new agent at my company. Um, he calls me up. He says, your name is all over the place. I've heard of you. Um, do you have 10 minutes? You know, I'd love to talk to you about what I could do, uh, you know, to get started in my career. I spent two hours on the phone with the guy. That's amazing. That's you know, so service. It's just, it's, it's just, it's remarkable, you know? So the outside world has a big effect on me, but really my, um, you know, my joy, my my little endorphin rush every day comes from doing something for somebody else who who wants it. You know, if somebody wants my help, I'm the first to volunteer. That's you know, fantastic. I, and this is a wonderful analogy of you can be an introverted person or feel uh, more comfortable in smaller groups of people. FYI, yeah, the bar scene, bye-bye. But... You can also succeed in business and you can also be a charming communicator. So I, I think you're dispelling that stereotype today. And I hope that that resonates with some folks listening. Um, so what is the best way for people to get in touch with you, Rodolfo? Uh, if you ever want to reach out, my, I'll give you my cell phone number. It's 303-829-7527. Um, or you can look me up on Facebook. It's uh, Rodolfo, R-O-D-O-L-F-O. -O. Last name is Cannon, C-A-N-O-N. Uh, or my email, which is R-O-D-O-L-F-O. -O, that's my first name, at CannonPG.com. That's C-A-N-O-N-P-G as in Paul Gary, dot com. Fantastic. And thank you so much for being on today and sharing so much of your life and your insights and your healing in order to help other people. It was an absolute pleasure. Obsession. It seems like this is the year to learn about the yin to the yang of what can be perceived as obstacles. Obsession falls into that category. 
when you harness your obsession and unleash it into your business, into healing, into momentum, then you can change your life. I will always remember 2017 as the year of the double-edged sword. Did you like what you heard? Please subscribe to Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. And for heaven's sake, please leave us a review. We thrive on that kind of love. Don't forget to check out sickbiz.com where 20 plus bloggers share their stories of inspiration and the prescriptive advice that work for them in running a business. This is your site expressly built to help you conquer. If you would like to talk to someone on the SickBiz team, please send an email to sickbizco at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. We appreciate all of your love and support. Go out and dominate and be well.